If you've got your copies of God's Word and would like to follow along with me, turn to Psalm 16. You know, as I was thinking through the opportunity to share with you a, a brief message uh, in, in light of our celebration, Christianity in America, and in the light that we're doing, we're continuing our celebration, but because of the challenges of the COVID-19 and, and wanting to protect the safety of our participants, particularly the older veterans that we have. Notice I didn't say old, I just said older uh, veterans that we have and, and families. Uh, so we went to this uh, presentation for everyone this year, and yet we're maintaining our Christianity in America celebrations of God's promises. There's one passage that came to my mind that I wanted to share with you and some thoughts around it. And this is the passage. It's Psalm 16. It's a psalm of David. It's a psalm that was written to be sung in thanksgiving to God, and this is what the psalmist says, David, uh, and I'm not going to read all the psalm, I just want to read two verses for you. Psalm 16 and verses 5 and 6. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot, that is my place in life, you hold it. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. The lines of my life have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. What an interesting passage of Scripture. Now, of course, we are not David, and we are uh, not living in the covenant nation of Israel. We're in a non-covenanted nation. But yet we're in a nation where God's covenant people have been very active in its founding and in its development. And therefore, by implication and application, what David said in the context of a covenanted nation with God, we can say in light of the blessings of God in this nation through his covenant people. You remember Abraham was instructed by the Lord in his covenant that he would have a seed and that seed would bless all the nations. And then he said this, through you I will bless the nations and I will bless the nations that bless you. That is your seed. That would be ultimately Christ and those who belong to Christ. I have a theory and I think I feel very confident about this, that one of the reasons we are able to celebrate God's good providences in this nation, not the only reason, but one of the reasons, is because this nation, by, uh, by constitution, is called the Bill of Rights to the Constitution, and the first liberty, that is the free practice of religion, that this nation while not coercing people to become Christians, not legislating Christianity upon its citizens, has protected the free practice of religion and therefore has freely welcomed God's covenant people and has protected their right to serve the Lord and fulfill the great commission as we live the great commandment with a great commitment that we want to give our all to the Lord who gave us all that we are and all that we have. 
And I believe because of that, that God's people have been welcomed here. I also believe that if God's people are not welcomed here, note the rising persecution throughout all the world. Note the targeting in some cases in the midst of some of the cultural revolution now. Note the targeting of Christians. So this is no empty statement on my part. But if God's people are targeted, if God's, if God's church is addressed or restrained, then the very thing that God has blessed, that is a nation that blesses his people, then that very thing that now becomes uh, an occasion for the hand of God's discipline. So we need to pray that God's people will be salt and light, and we need to pray that this nation will fulfill its constitutional commitments that we have celebrated the establishment of. I praise the Lord because the Lord holds the lot of my life. And in God's ordained sovereign grace, I was born in this nation, an interesting nation that is held together by an ideal, not by a uh, not by an ethnic identity, but the ethnicity of the nation is built around an ideal, e pluribus unum, out of the many come one. And what is it that unites? What is it that would make us a melting pot of many instead of a smorgasbord uh, of, a, of a gathering? Well, it's something that everyone united around. But what is it that brings the heat to the melting pot? I believe it is the light and heat of the gospel lives and ministry of God's people as the salt of the earth and the light of the world. God's good providences we've celebrated. We have noted, and rightly so, that our Constitution affirms unalienable. That is, those things that you might try to repress, you might try to deny, but you cannot remove them. Unalienable God-given rights. And that instead of trying to repress them or manipulate them, that the government is supposed to protect them. Life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Life, and it does not matter ethnicity. Life, it does not matter social standing, economic standing. All life, and then is to be enjoined with the liberties that God gives and to be protected in order to pursue happiness. And, of course, we would want to define that happiness for people as to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And we can see the hand of God's providence in many ways. One of the reasons in this service we take the time to highlight those who have actually served this nation in the military and give particular uh, attention to those who have given the last full measure. May I quote Abraham Lincoln at the Gettysburg Address? Those who laid down everything, including their life, the last full measure, uh, so that a nation could be reborn in liberty and the pursuit of happiness, a nation of the people, by the people, and for the people. So we recognize those who have given portions of their life, those who have given their life, so that these God-given liberties, not government-given, God-given liberties, have been upheld with a government designed to protect it even from the onslaught of those who would repress them with tyrannical movements from around the world. And that's happened time and time again. We've also seen the addressing of the inequities in our nation so that we've matured in this and uh, maintained it. And hopefully we'll mature it even that much more. Uh, as, as we face some fractures politically and socially and ethnically in the nation today.
The answer is the glorious work of the gospel. Yet I start by thanking God that the lines of life have fallen to me in a pleasant place. Because of God's providence and also because in God's providence many have sacrificed for public service in the military, even their own lives. As one person said, freedom's not free. God assigns our liberties, he grants our liberties, but many have given, yes, the last full measure that we can enjoy them. So we give thanks to the Lord today. We give thanks and encouragement to the families and to the individuals, and we rightly do so. And we praise God for it. We ask God to do a great and glorious work. So we not only reflect to rejoice in the goodly inheritance. By the way, note that phrase, inheritance. It's not something we've earned, not something we deserve. If God gave any of us what we deserve. A person asked me one time, uh, Pastor, um, what do you think about God's work of grace, redeeming grace and common grace? And one of the things I shared with them, anything that you experience in this life is always mixed with God's grace and mercy. Anything short of hell, you have tasted God's grace and mercy. And it calls you to trust in the finished work of Christ and make him your life so that you can have life evermore. There is one place that has no mixture of mercy and grace. It's a place that we're born directed to because of our sins. But it's a place you don't have to go because there is one who came from heaven that you could go to be with him. In fact, he has gone away now, having died for our sins on the cross, risen, ascended, and coming again. And he will come again. When will he come again? When the gospel has been preached to all the nations and when all of his people have been brought to himself. And as he has instructed us, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you may be also. So when I give thanks to God from this psalmist ex exhortation, because the lines of life have fallen to me, I have a good inheritance. I thank God where he has placed me. I thank God for all that was done for the blessings I have in his sovereign providence. And then I also ask God to do a great thing again for his glory. But the most important thing is that first verse. The Lord is my life. The Lord is my cup. The Lord is my Lord. He holds my lot. He has my life. And that's my question to you. Does he have your life? You are blessed by the evidences and the results and the consequences of God's good graces. You have inherited a, a glorious and privileged place. The lines of life have fallen to you. In a good place. The Lord has given you a good inheritance. But there's a much more important inheritance. It's not one for time. It's the one for eternity. What must I do to inherit 
the kingdom of God. Well, the first thing you must do is confess that you're a sinner and there's no hope within you. And that you are in bondage. That you are in the slavery of sin. And the judgment of God is rightly before you and upon you. But I got good news. There is the captain of the Lord of hosts who has come into the valley to do battle with our enemies. Satan, sin, death, hell, the grave. That's Jesus. The son of God who did not need me wanted me. I, the one who needed him but did not want him. He came for me while we were yet Not friends. Oh, we thank God for those who give their life. Greater love has no man than this, that he give his life for his friends. I finally want to ask you, do you know Jesus? God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were not friends, while we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. When we were helpless and ungodly. That when you come to him by faith and repentance, my Lord and my Savior, you inherit from him, not earn, inherit from him eternal life. Your enemies are defeated. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Thankfully, many have laid down their lives that we can enjoy these freedoms, unalienable rights. But thank thank God for his glorious gift of his son, who gave his life, not a martyr's death, but an atoning death, and defeated all of our enemies. And if you come to him, you become more than conquerors. For if God be for us, Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all. How will he also not with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, rather is raised, is at the right hand of the Father, who even now intercedes for us. And what can separate us from the love of God in Christ? Can famine, nakedness, peril, sword, angels? No, I am convinced. Neither principalities or powers, things present, things to come, nakedness, peril, sword, famine. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. I thank God for his blessings to our nation. I thank God for the goodly inheritance that I have here, but here is not forever. I also thank God I can invite you, call you, to this Savior who gave himself because he loved you. His relentless, unmerited, undeserving love is undeniable. And if you come to him, you can have everlasting life. And when you come to him, now you've got a life. And when you have a life that's in Christ and for Christ, and Christ is your life, now we begin to see that salt and that light come back to this nation. I will confess to you, 
I have a heart for this nation. I am committed to take the gospel to all the nations. I'm grateful for the church I serve that has an undeniable commitment to send the gospel around the entire world for the glory of God. And I am grateful for that. But I see my own nation. As I said one time, I don't want to be a donut with everything going out there but a hole in the middle. God, would you do something here in this nation? Do something here in my life. Do something here in our church, in our city, in our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world. And folks, it's not wrong to have that kind of gospel-saturated patriot love. Paul had it. I wish myself a curse for the sake of my countrymen, that they would simply know Christ. The Reformers had it. John Calvin sent 1,300 missionaries from Geneva to one nation, France. He sent missionaries everywhere. He sent 1,300 back to his home nation, and that's France. Knox, after he left Geneva, went to Scotland and on the shores said, Lord, give me Scotland or I die. Cranmer, Latimer, Ridley, at a stake, being burned to death for Christ. Octogenarians, in their 80s, embarrassed in public, tied to the stake. Ridley says, tie my hands tight that I may not leave my post. Latimer hears him and says, be of good cheer, Mr. Ridley. Play the man today. For today, by God's grace, you and I shall light a candle for Christ that shall not be put out in all of England. Oh, God, win the world. But start here. Start with us. And start with me coming to Christ. For an eternal inheritance in a new heavens and a new earth. Now I'm set free to be a witness for Christ in this nation to bring others with me to that new heavens and that new earth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the moments we've been able to be together. Thank you for the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus. We pray, O God, that you'll receive our thanks for all of your good gifts. We rejoice in what you've done. We confess our sins in what we have left undone. We ask that, you're by, that you by your spirit would renew within us a gospel witness. And we would see the gospel message reconciling men and women to Christ and then to one another. And Father, the church that would desire to see a nation that's e pluribus unum out of many one. That the church would manifest that same glorious gospel truth. Many have come from many ethnicities, many backgrounds, many demographics, but now are one in Christ. One faith, one Lord, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is over all and who is in all. We come, O God, to you, thanking you for our goodly inheritance here, praying for your visitation with power upon us here and asking you, God, I personally ask you that each and every one listening to me has heard the good news. When there was no way, God made a way. And that way is his son, Jesus. 
who is the way, the truth, and the life. And day to day would come to him for the eternal inheritance of everlasting life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.